Good morning. First, I want to express um, some gratitude um, to Jesse, who actually wrote today's sermon. Um, and so um, that made life a lot easier for me. And also, too, you get to hear some of her insights today. Um, and so um, today I want to talk about Barnabas, who um, we know, we don't know a whole lot about him. We know him as kind of like Paul's sidekick. Um, and I want to look into that some more and see what is basically the sidekick and is it the same attributes that we think of when we think of that. And um, I think today we'll find out that Barnabas was kind of a rock star in his own right. Um, He gets second billing a lot of times, but um, just in studying who this guy was, he's really quite fascinating. Um, And so, like, I was thinking about sidekicks, and, like, when... When we were kids, we liked to play Star Wars, you know, and when we were young, we liked to be Luke because he's the main character. When we get older, we like to be Han Solo because he's cool, but no one ever wants to be Chewbacca. And um, I have a friend at work named Chris, and he, like, has many Chewbacca shirts that he wears and action figures and stuff, and I asked him, like, Chris, why do you, what's the deal with Chewbacca? And he's like, man, he's like... I need to be Chewbacca. And I'm like, why? Um, And he's like, because you never know what his agenda is. He's like, he never pushes his wants on anybody. It's like, he's there to help. He's there to support. You know, he doesn't say a word. He's just there when you need him. And he's like, that's the kind of guy that I want to be like. And I think um, Barnabas was very much like that. So, um, we'll start in Acts. Um, uh, chapter 4, verse 36. And um, we, we don't get a whole lot about um, Barnabas, but the first time he's mentioned is here. And... Um, it's right after the crucifixion and the resurrection of Jesus and the, the Christians are, are starting to get a bit scattered and they're, they're pulling their resources. And um, so uh, we first meet Barnabas here um, where all the believers are sharing their possessions. Some people have nothing, others have some. Some people are selling their possessions to bring to the apostles. And um, Barnabas, whose real name is Joseph, is here. So in 436, we see Joseph, a Levite from Cyprus, whom the apostles called Barnabas, which means son of encouragement, sold a field he owned and brought the money and put it at the apostles' feet. Okay, so here what we first learn about um, Barnabas is that he's a Levite, um, which makes him, for lack of a better term, a very Jewish Jew. you know, he's the Levites um, oversaw a lot of the religious practices and even a lot of the political practices um, of the Jews. And what's interesting about this is he spends, you know, being a Levite, he spends most of his ministry working with Gentiles. So he's 
sort of a fish out of water um, for most of his ministry. Um, we also learn that he's from Cyprus, um, and that his given name is Joseph, but everyone called him Barnabas, meaning son of encouragement. So obviously he did something to earn this even before we meet him. Um, and being called the son of encouragement, I mean, if if you're going to have a sidekick, you would kind of want someone with those attributes. Um, and then we also know that he owned land and sold it and gave the money to the apostles. So he's he's a pretty generous guy. <coughs> and so um, through this, we see that Barnabas is a functioning member of the church um, in its earliest days. And... Um, you know, we, we, uh, he's there, he defends the apostles at the Sanhedrin, um, and, he, um, he said he's generous. What's interesting, um, here is when we first meet him, he sells land, gives the money to the church. In chapter 5, um, we've studied this before, but the Ananias and his wife, they are almost in the same deal, but in this you know story, they have property, they sell it, they give some of the money to the apostles, and not all, and they immediately drop down dead. And it, it's pretty harsh, but I think it's there to contrast Barnabas, you know, just to show he gave, you know, the full portion. Um... So, okay, so we know that Barnabas was a good guy. And he, um, the next time we see him is in Acts 9, 27. Um, it's about um, A.D. 38. Stephen has just been martyred and the church is scattered. Um, and here is where he meets Paul, who still at this time is, is going by Saul. So, 9.27. But Barnabas took him and brought him to the apostles. He told them how Saul, on his journey, had seen the Lord, and that the Lord had spoken to him, and how in Damascus he had preached fearlessly in the name of Jesus. And what's interesting here is that um, Saul was converted um, but still, everyone, including the disciples, were afraid of this guy. Like, the disciples wanted nothing to do, because Saul had been, you know, killing Christians up until that point. Um, and the disciples, even after everything they've been through, were afraid of this guy. And Barnabas was the one that sort of took him in and vouched for him. So, we see a bit of fearlessness from Barnabas here. You know, he he recognized God working in Saul, and I mean, he may have been scared or cautious, but he he didn't hesitate um, to vouch for Paul. And um, also, too, Paul or Saul at this point is relatively new in his faith, and so Barnabas is is more or less mentoring him, um, you know, which we don't think of. We think of Saul or Paul as the stronger Christian and Barnabas is along for the ride. But um, from this, we, we kind of get the sense that 
you know, Barnabas is shepherding Saul, you know, who you know, gets top billing later. Um, so then, um, a few years later, around A.D. 48, the church in J- Jerusalem hears about a growing group of believers in Antioch. And remember that the, the believers are scattered at this point. There are little pockets all over. Um, so um, they send Barnabas to uh, Antioch, and that's in chapter 11, verses 22 to 29. So news of this reached the ears of the church at Jerusalem. And they sent Barnabas to Antioch. When he arrived, he saw the evidence of the grace of God. He was glad and encouraged them all to remain true to the Lord with all their hearts. He was a good man, full of the Holy Spirit and faith. A great number of people were brought to the Lord. Then Barnabas went to Tarsus to look for Saul. And when he found him, he brought him to Antioch. So for a whole year, Barnabas and Saul met with the church and taught great numbers of people. They just... The disciples were called Christians first at Antioch. During this time, some prophets came down from Jerusalem to Antioch. One of them, named Agabus, stood up and through the Spirit predicted that a severe famine would spread over the entire Roman world. This happened during the reign of Claudius. The disciples, each according to his ability, decided to provide help for the brothers in Judea. This they did, sending their gift to the elders by Barnabas and Saul. So this is when you see these guys first teaming up. And here, if you pay attention to the billing, it's Barnabas and Saul. Like later, we hear Paul and Barnabas, you know, but right now, um, you can almost see, for lack of a better term, the band getting together. Um, but their, their ministry at this point is, is becoming legitimate. Um, you know they're partnering up. They're bringing people to the Lord, um, and they're gaining a reputation. Um, and then we we get to um, Paul's big missionary trip. That's the one that you know has the map in the back of the Bible. Um, in this one, he goes with with Barnabas, and this happens around. 46 to 48 um, AD. And they go on this trip um, with Mark. And this trip um, is recorded through Acts 13 to 15. um, Which I'm not going to read today, but um, I'll encourage you to, to read it. And so um, here's when you start to see um, a shift in their their roles, where um, Barnabas is now starting to step back, and you see Paul um, sort of taking the limelight. And and here is when we, you know, Paul Saul is now called Paul. Um, Uh, 
And so at this point, it it makes you wonder what Barnabas was thinking. Is he thinking, you know, this is my show and Paul is overshadowing me? I doubt it. Um, I think at this point he's, you know, obviously Paul is chosen by God. And I think Barnabas recognizes that. And at this point, you know, he's he's willing to, to step back um, and let you know, Paul take charge. Um, And this sort of is reminiscent of John the Baptist, who, um, you know, when Jesus began teaching, said, I must decrease and he must increase. Um, And, you know, it's like, did Barnabas struggle with this? Probably not. You know, being a godly man, he probably knew that he was there to get Paul going. Um, and um, this part, he's serving more as a support role, but still, um, he's a strong believer. Um, he, I'm sure even through this, he's still mentoring Paul. You know, Paul is a relatively new Christian, um, and even though he's inspired by God, I'm sure he, you know, Obviously, through his his writing, you see that Paul struggles with a lot, um, and I'm sure Barnabas, you know, whose name means son of encouragement, was probably uh, very much needed by Paul. Um, and then that that raises the question: Would Paul have been as successful in his ministry if Barnabas had not been there? Um, and then they they do work together as a team in um, thirteen forty six. Um, this is actually a kind of a cool passage. Um, because w- what's happening here is Paul and Barnabas are teaching and they're getting a lot of attention um, and bad attention from the Jewish leaders who more and more people are coming to hear Paul and Barnabas speak than at the the, the Jewish events. And so, again, it's, it's that negative attention of like, who are these guys? What are they teaching? Are they teaching, you know, are they contradicting? Um, actually, I'm going to back up a little bit um, and start with verse 44. On the next Sabbath, almost the whole city gathered to hear the word of the Lord. When the Jews saw the crowds, they were filled with jealousy and talked abusively against what Paul was saying. Then Paul and Barnabas answered them boldly, We had to speak the word of God to you first. Since you rejected it and do not consider yourselves worthy of eternal life, we now turn to the Gentiles. For this is what the Lord has commanded us. I have made you a light for the Gentiles, that you may bring salvation to the ends of the earth. When the Gentiles heard this, they were glad and honored the word of the Lord, and all who were appointed for eternal life believed. Um, There's an amazing confidence here that these guys have now. Um, you You know, they're preaching, the Jewish leaders are basically contradicting them 
Um, and they stand up boldly and say, listen, we preached this to you. You didn't want to hear it, so we'll preach it to the Gentiles. And um, I don't know. I, I think that's kind of cool. Um, and too, he's, he's there with Paul, Barnabas, and he's not silently supportive. You know, he, he's not like stepping back and letting Paul have it all to himself. Um, Barnabas is there. He's speaking. He's answering um, with Paul. He's, he's there and he's very much a partner. Um, and also, too, we see that Barnabas is he's fallible in Galatians 2.13. Um, he's led astray briefly um, by the Judaizers or the Judaizers. Um, who want new Gentiles to observe Jewish customs. Um, but this seems later to, to clear up with a trip to Jerusalem and a council with the, the apostles. So it's like, you know, Barnabas, he's a great guy. He's not perfect. Um, and also, he has his own mind. Um, at one point, he does have um, a falling out with Paul. Um, they are planning a missions trip and he, um, Barnabas wants to bring Mark along and Paul doesn't want to. And so um, they end up both not going and Paul goes off on his own and Barnabas goes on his own mission trip, which we don't read about. Um, but I think that's important too that, um, you know, being being a sidekick or being a support doesn't make you a lackey. You know, you need your own convictions. You need to, to stand up even um, to the people that you support sometimes. And um, they do, you know, they have a bit of a falling out here, but it, later Paul does speak favorably of Barnabas. So uh, you can assume or at least hope that they ended on good terms. Um, and that's in 1 Corinthians 9.6 that um, Paul credits Barnabas and Mark also, who he didn't want to travel with on the mission, um, as being a great, great help in his work. Um, and so Barnabas was very much the main character in his own life, and God used him to bring many people to Christ. And for about 12 years, he played a significant supporting role in Paul's ministry. And I wonder what would have been different um, if his ego had gotten the better of him. If, you know, he had wanted, you know, to be the front man, basically, um, how things would have played out better. Uh, and I'm thankful that he um, did keep his ego in check. That's it. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for your word and the freedom that we have to read it. And Lord, forgive us for not exercising that freedom as often as we could. Um, but Lord, thank you for examples like Barnabas and help us to, to learn from this and be inspired by it and help us to be strong supports um, for others and help us to keep our egos in check and realize that it, it's not about us. It's about you and your ministry and that we have the privilege to help sometimes. Um, and Lord, help us um, 
to be Barnabases to other people and help us to recognize and appreciate the Barnabases that we have in our lives. Uh, We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.